So this is from Isaiah 18, and I'm reading verse 17 and 18. It says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit. See, that is the will of God for us to do well. Who leads you by the way you should go. Oh, that you, would, uh, that you had heeded my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. See, that is God's will for us. That's what God wants to do. That's why we have the word of God. And uh, that's why we need to study the Bible and pick up on those things where God says, do this, do it this way, think, think like this, and so on. Because that is the will of God, and that's where he wants to go with us. He wants us to prosper. So when he talks about prosperity, that is all areas of life. And so that's in the word of God. It's all in there. And uh, okay, let's move over to page three. It says, everything in life was created for a specific purpose. And that includes every one of us. And it includes this group that we're in or a church or whatever God is doing. He does it for a reason. And something that he wants to accomplish uh, uh, through it. And that uh, uh, with potential that is built into it. So you can accomplish what you need to accomplish. You have the ability to do it. So we'll get to a little more uh, definition on, on that. So all those elements apply to us also personally and uh, whatever we're involved in. So we all know that we were created in the image of God. And you know, God is spirit. He doesn't have a body, but he's a spirit being. So we're talking about our spirit being. So when you think about yourself, don't, don't look at the mirror and say, I'm made in the image of God. No, what you see there is not made in the image of God. That is your body that was given to you to function on the earth. So the, the part that was made in the image of God is inside of you. Peter calls it the inner man. Uh, sometimes the spirit or the heart of man. Now when he talks about the heart of man, he's not talking about the blood pump. It's talking about the spirit man, your, in, your inner man. That is what was created in the image of God. We also know that we are God's handiwork, created for good works, and we'll get to that just in a second. And that means that we have an assignment. We're not here to float around and see where we will end up. No, there's, there's strategy and there's planning that needs to be done. So there's something that you must do with your life. And that is your purpose. That is what God wants to do through you. Okay, so there's that verse in Ephesians 2 and verse 10. So when you get back to your Bible, you need to, that's another one that you need to underline and color and draw a circle around it, put stars at, at, at next to it, and so on. You can't forget that one. It says, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God first created the work, and then he created you to do the work. And so I believe we end up in life in places where we ought to be, so that we can do what we were created to do. Okay, so purpose is the good work for which you were created. Potential is your built-in ability that enables you to bring your assignment to completion. So you have what God wants you to do. You have the ability to do it. Now, it may be hidden. There's a lot of, lot of this is actually hidden that you need to discover. 
by looking into yourself uh, and by using what you have, because that's the way you grow, that's the way you build it. It grows in strength, it grows in quantity and in quality. By, by using it, you learn as you go. That's your potential. Principles determine how to fulfill your assignment. That's the how-to part. Do it this way, don't do it that way. Now, you know, if you teach somebody to do something, uh, there's a lot of that going into it. No, don't, 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 don't do it this way, do it that way. And uh, if you've trained anybody, you'll know what I'm talking about. So the principles that God gave us in Scripture uh, are the how to, how to do things God's way, how to end up in a successful place. Now, let me quickly say, just uh, thinking about success, there are two definitions uh, for success. There's the world's definition, and then there's God's definition. God's definition is to do the will of God. That is success. It is not by how much you can gather, how much you can gain. That's the world's definition. The power, the influence, and all of that. God's definition is to, it is to do His will, to be able to do the will of God. So the reward is going to be in heaven one day when Jesus says, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's the reward that we're striving for. There's nothing like it. So everything else that you accomplished on earth will mean absolutely nothing. When you get to heaven, the size of your bank account will not be looked into. There's nothing that you'll carry with you. That's the only thing that matters. Welcome, my good and faithful servant. So that's our, our reward. So let's look at a little more into purpose. Purpose is a desired outcome that guides your actions. So if you know where you're going, uh, you know what action to take. If you don't know what you, where you're going, you'll, any, any old thing that comes along will be good enough, but you'll end nowhere. It is your anticipation of a goal that provides your reason for doing something. So you anticipate a certain goal that you want to accomplish, and that becomes the reason why you're doing it. Yeah, you have that goal in mind, so you're focusing on that goal. It is that which you want to accomplish in life, what's your dream. Purpose is the end toward toward which effort is directed. It is how you want to end or arrive at the end of your life. So that's the big question we always need to ask ourselves. When I get to the end of my life, what, what, would I, what will make me satisfied with the life that I lived? And that becomes my goal. I live towards that. And because I know where I'm going, all my actions will, will be geared towards it support my dream and my goal and uh, it just cuts out a lot of clutter out of life and a lot of nonsense that I will touch a little bit more on that understanding purpose and more specifically your purpose is of the greatest importance because it will guide you through temptations disappointments and failures along the way because that's part of the journey there's going to be all of that stuff uh, but purpose will give you that energy and the clarity of vision to go through all of, the, all of that. So the devil's going to bombard you with problems and stuff, of things that he will throw, because his greatest fear is you will accomplish uh, or, or do the work that God created you to do. He knows that. So if he can get you off track, he'll win. Uh, but if you stay the course, then of course that's a great loss to him, and that will keep that will keep him busy. Needless to say, when you have no perception of your life's purpose, circumstances and the storms of life 
will push you around and send you on a journey that leads nowhere. And let me tell you, I have seen that. I've seen that. It's tragic. It's very tragic. Now, you all watched that uh, video by Miles Monroe where he spoke about purpose and, and principles. Uh, one time I heard him say that the richest piece of real estate is a cemetery outside of town where all the dreams are buried. People didn't do what they could do, what they were supposed to do. They were just hanging on and died and accomplished nothing. I think we need to have this kind of an attitude as we go through life that I don't want to be remembered by a headstone on my grave one day, but by the work that I have done. So we have the ability to impact the next generation at least, and maybe more. Uh, you have great men of God that through the work that they have done, uh, even though they passed away decades and centuries ago, they still impact us today. I'm thinking of the Apostle Paul. We still struggle to get to the depth of what he wrote for us in the Bible. He still has an impact today. Because he life, you know, and I don't want to get off track, so I'm tempted to. But if you go to Philippians chapter 3 and read about Paul's life, you'll see. You'll see this man had one goal, just one. And that is to do what God called him to do. And, and nothing else mattered to him, nothing else. I mean, nothing else moved him, nothing else tempted him. He had one goal. And that's why he had this tremendously powerful impact on generations after him. So that is a, that is a tragedy when circumstances determine where we go and where we end up in life. Potential is your God-given abilities that you were equipped with to fulfill your purpose. Now, some of that, as I said, might be hidden. So you need to do some digging and thinking and praying, especially. Now, this includes your natural talents, your gifts and skills, and they're a good indication. And that's a good place to start, to sit and, and do, uh, uh, take some stock of what your abilities are, your skills, your gifts, your talents. And, and, and some of them may just be a raw material that you still need to, you need to develop and beautify and polish and uh, make them useful and create a demand for them. Uh, a good indication uh, yeah, so this may include still hidden talents. So it's your responsibility to develop these abilities and to create a demand for them. Now, potential is the capability of developing goals into reality. So you have a goal, it's out there, and now you're going to start working on that goal to turn it into a reality make it happen. Potential can also be understood as yet unfulfilled abilities or unrealized abilities, unused power that you have inside of you. It's also the unfulfilled dreams, as I said, which are unwritten books, business ideas, career goals, whatever God put inside of you. Uh, don't take it to the grave. Do something with it. Now, let me tell you that there is some pretty powerful stuff there that you'll be surprised to discover. You may have some, some things inside of you that God deposited there that you, you haven't discovered yet. And the reason why I know is because I made that discovery years ago. Because we were in a, at a very dark place when we still lived in Belgium. I had no, I, I was very angry at Christians. I actually told my family, 
But if I ever talk about ministering to people, Christians again, shoot me. That's all right. Um, and I was disappointed. I was deeply, deeply disappointed in Christians. Because we had something very beautiful happening, going on in our church. Very beautiful. And then things that don't really matter became more important to them than that. And that's when we stepped out. And it was a difficult time. It was very, we were missionaries. And so it took me a very long time to, to work through that period of time. It took me, to be honest, a year and a half. It's a long time. So God, you know, is a miracle-working God. Uh, that same week, the government issued her with a work permit. And so we were able to sustain ourselves. And so in the morning, she went to work, the boys went to school, and I'm, I'm the houseman now. I'm cleaning the house, I wash the dishes, I cook, I do, I do what she used to do. And it was a tough time, that was a very tough time. But it gave me time during the day. At first, I didn't want to think about it, I didn't want to even work at it, I just wanted to be, I, I didn't know what to do, and I didn't want to do anything. Uh, but at the time, I started thinking about it. About a year and a half later, I started to think about it. And I thought, what can I do? So that's one of the questions that you need to ask yourself. What can I do? It's not what have I done already. It is what can I do? And I said to myself, I think I can teach. And I started working, and then God started speaking to me. When I opened up, God started speaking to me, and He said to me, as the people in the world are streetwise and know their ways around the street, the city streets and blocks, I want you to make the people worldwise. So they can find their spot in the Word of God, know their way around the Word of God, and be and grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. That's, so that became my purpose. And so, I mean, we had, we had nobody. We had nobody. We were in a foreign country. We had nobody. Uh, we had a few friends. I think we had five people on the mailing list. That's all. So I started writing a news, newsletter. That's like a teaching newsletter. And did that for a few months. Then I met an American missionary there. And uh, he was very excited. And we decided that I was going to teach class. So we rented a small space in January without eating in the city of Brussels on a Saturday morning. And I think seven people came. Seven people came. They were mostly uh, asylum seekers who had nothing <laughs> else to do. <laughs> and they heard about it and so they came, which is fine one or two Christians. The week after, we were 11 people. And the third week, that place was too small. We moved, and we found a beautiful place, like a classroom setting with desks and everything, newly renovated. And we, that year, we had 34 students. Many of them were attached to diplomatic missions in Brussels. And... Uh, uh, we had an orthodontist, a very highly qualified man. He works for the University of Brussels. We had another dentist. We had, oh, we had them, I mean, from the top level to the, to the lowest level. They, they were all there, and like 14 nationalities. And we started teaching Saturday mornings, three lessons on a Saturday morning. And so that's how it started. Eventually, it... it to cut a long story short, it went around the world by now, many times over. And I've taught people that I'll never see that started churches in places all around the world. And we started uh, through two people that we that we'll never see started churches in an island of Papua New Guinea, uh, very very remote. They get mail like once in, a, once in three months or so. 
uh, all through Africa, Sudan, and, and all through the world. I mean, they keep on popping, and still do. We don't advertise. Uh, I just enrolled a new student uh, a few days ago. He was uh, from that total freedom uh, place. Uh, he was a former drug addict. And most of them were drug addicts before. And so what, uh, what happened was I discovered a hidden talent. But I never knew I had. I knew where it went. And still going. I remember I was in South Africa once and we established a school there which is doing extremely well. And the pastor there stood there three years of teaching. And the pastor there, he added another year of, uh, that was a practical year. The students had, and he put a tent up, and there's a lot of squatter camps, people coming all from Africa, all down to South Africa, thinking that they're going to find jobs there and so on. And these are squatter camps, and they put a tent up there, and then they reach out to these people. And I was sitting there in a tent like that, and one of the students was preaching. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm just enjoying this whole thing. And it suddenly stopped, and he looked at me. So while he's speaking, there's five interpreters in a row. He says one sentence, and then they, they follow it in different languages. And I was looking at the spectacle, you know. And he turned, suddenly stopped, stopped and looked at me and said, if you were not obedient that time, this would not have happened. That shook me. It was so close, and never would have happened. God's yeah. So you will never know what's inside of you. You have no idea. And how powerful it can be. You have no idea. Because we had no, I had no idea. And when I look at, at, at the ministry and, and where it's going, even today, I, I'm surprised. I have no idea. I have no idea how this can happen. We don't advertise or anything. And uh, a pastor came to me one day, and he wanted to, to have an international ministry, and he asked me, how do you do that? And I thought, well, that's an interesting question. I never thought about it. It just happened. I never did it. It just happened. But you have to come to that place of discovery and do something about it. The point I'm trying to make is there is hidden abilities inside of you that you need to discover. And once you discover them and you start putting some energy to it, you may be surprised what can happen. So you don't look at yourself. and Because we always disqualify ourselves. We always find the reason of, well, I don't qualify. You know, I, I'm not good enough. Uh, I don't know the Bible enough. I, I don't speak well enough. Um, Moses was a stutterer. He couldn't speak. So the people actually heard Aaron's voice, not his voice. Yet when you go over to the New Testament, the Bible calls him a man mighty in word. He never spoke a word. You know, uh, Paul says of himself that, that, that his, his speech is detestable. But look what he did. You can never disqualify yourself. Find a reason for not doing what you're supposed to do. The, when, 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 when God put it there, that you can be sure there's a reason for that. And he will use it. Okay, so that is potential. We're talking about potential. So the next point there is principle. And principle is a predetermined means by which to fulfill your purpose. Something that is your hidden ability that God he predetermined, he put it inside of you. The manner of function that delivers the optimum result. So we'll look more into that a little later on. So the principle is what we want to focus on in the study, is the how-to. 
Now, the how-to doesn't really mean anything at all if you have no sense of the purpose and the potential. <laughs> That's where it starts. And then the principles come. Now, the, the, the Bible gives us a lot of principles. I mean, you pick them up. You go. Once you want to make this discovery, uh, things begin to fall in place. And you begin to pick up, as you read the Bible, what really matters to you. And how you need to apply this, and how you need to apply that. And, and, and uh, help you along as you, as you run with this. So let's look at the important place of principles. Now, I did all of the studies from dictionaries. I, I looked them all up, so if they look a little academic, that's why. Principles protect and guide you toward uh, your God-given goals. So if you do something God's way, he'll protect you. Because that's what principles do. They protect you. And they release blessing on you. But if you violate them, they'll break you. And that's the, that's the big problem in life, is we violate principles, sometimes unintentionally, uh, simply because we don't know them. And then, uh, yeah, the brokenness comes. You know, when you, when you end up in court, uh, because you broke some law, and you tell the judge, well, I didn't know. There's a, there's, a, there's a principle in law that says ignorance about the law is no excuse. Doesn't matter if you didn't know. You're going to be guilty. You're going to pay for that. And that's the same thing with these. These are spiritual laws. And whether you know them or not, they're going to work. And they can either work with you and for you, or against you. And so that's why it's so important for us as Christians to get into uh, these principles, God's spiritual laws, and see how we can apply them to ourselves. And I mean, this is big, this is huge. Uh, I, I'm not going to dig into it way big time. I still need to get into it myself, but there's a lot of things and you can read, as you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it's filled with Proverbs. It's a treasure trove of, 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 of gems of wisdom that can help us along uh, with these things. Principles protect and guide you toward God, uh, to your God-given goals and hold you poten your potential under control, for it is a powerful force that can be very destructive if allowed to run freely. Now, freedom without limits is a dangerous thing. Freedom doesn't mean life without limits. That is, that is dangerous. <laughs> it will destroy you. There are, there are limits that protect freedom so that you can stay free. Now, what I'm referring to here over this sentence is that when potential is left unchecked, it, become, it can become very destructive. Uh, you can look at the marriage situation where you have, let's say, a powerful man, but he's unprincipled. He'll destroy his house. We've seen that. He'll destroy his, 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 not only his marriage, but his whole house. He'll destroy it. Because those safety checks are not in place. And that goes for every aspect of life. So that's why uh, principles, first of all, are so important to us. There's a, there's a protective element to them. Let's drop down to that verse there on page 4 in the Hebrews 1. And we've been through this a few times already. It'll make more sense today, I think. Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 3. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke, to, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, 
whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he upholds all things by the word of his power. It's the same word that created us. That same word upholds us. It's a little bit like this. If you have trouble with your car, the best person to fix it is the one who made it. He knows. He knows the ins and outs. So you take it to a, to a mechanic who is trained by the manufacturer. He'll know what to do. And so, in our lives, that's what we do. The manufacturer is the one, God. He knows how we ought to live and what we need to do and what not, what to avoid, and so on. And that's why it says he upholds all things by his power by the word of his power. Now, the word of God is, is, is very, very powerful, as you know. I mean, God created things by speaking it into being. That's the power of the word of God. Whatever you see outside, God spoke into being. They came out of nothing. And so, that's why it, it, it should have that place in our lives that we need to understand the authority of the Word of God and also its purpose in our lives because we read the first verse we read this morning was that God wants us to prosper. He wants us to be blessed. And so when we stick to the Word of God, that is where He will take us to a life of blessing. I always find it interesting that the very first thing that God did after he created Adam and Eve, when they were still spiritual beings, was to bless them. That's the very first thing. That's the very first thing. Because which tells you God wants us to live a life of blessing. And so the, that is where the Word of God will lead us. It's a life of blessing, a life of prosperity, in all areas of life. He wants our marriages to prosper, our finances, our health, whatever you touch. There are scriptures in the Bible, I think over there in Deuteronomy 28, where it says, I'll bless the work of your hands. I'll bless everything. That's the will of God. And then he tells us how to get to that life. It's in, in the scripture. So there's another verse here, Psalm 103, verse 20. Bless the Lord, or you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his work, heeding the voice of his word. Now in scripture, God said what he, what he would do, and then he simply does what he said he would do. Uh, when Solomon dedicated the temple to the Lord, he spoke to him in very clear terms that we can all understand and, and, and we would do well to pay some good attention to that. Uh, that's in 1 Kings 6, verse 12. I'll just read the one verse. So, as he dedicated the temple, he prayed a very beautiful prayer. And there was a ceremony and all of that. And, and then God said, Concerning this temple which you are building, if you walk in my statutes, See, that's principles and that's commands. This principle laws. Execute my judgments, keep all my commandments, and walk in them. Then I will perform my word with you, which I spoke to your father, David. God said, I'll fulfill my promise. But this is how you, how you will get that promise fulfilled. You need to walk in my statutes. You need to obey what I'm telling you. You need to, you need to do all those things. And then I'll, I'll, do, I'll do that. I'll fulfill that promise. So God will always fulfill his promises, but his promises are conditional. Some of them are conditional. 
And uh, there's no point in asking him to fulfill a promise if we don't fulfill the conditions. Because if God answered that prayer, he actually condone something that's wrong. He'll never do that. So it's up to us to, to understand the conditions. And then we have that boldness of faith to go to God about this. So here's our, our dilemma, and we always touch on, on these verses, in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So that's our dilemma. We cannot think like God. The, the gap is too big. And, and, and there's a discrepancy there. We, 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 we cannot contact each other. You know, we, we, we cannot walk together. But then, just further on, uh, he gave us, I, I don't have that verse quoted here, I think, but just further on in that chapter, uh, he gives us the word of God where he says, the word that goes out of my mouth will not return to me void. It will accomplish that for which I sent it. So that's the bridge between our thoughts and God's thoughts and his ways and our ways. That bridge is the word of God where he teaches us to think like he does. And whether you understand it or not doesn't matter. And you don't have to understand it. Some people say, well, I don't understand. Well, you are not called to understand God. As a matter of fact, you cannot understand it. That's why we obey him in faith. I believe God. I trust him. And even though what is, what is written in scripture makes no sense at all, I will do it because God said so. A little uh, example is you don't understand how your car works. You have no clue. But you have no problem getting into it and driving it. It's the same thing with God. We don't understand God. Let me tell you something. There are some things in here that make absolutely no sense. But that's God's ways. That's the way God works. And, and, and if, if it makes no sense to you, or it seems like contrary to your thoughts and, or your common sense, well, then you can choose to either not do it or uh, obey in faith and say, I'll, I'll do it. I don't like it. I don't understand it, but I'll, I'll do it because God says so. That's, that's the attitude we should have. The blessing of God is poured out on the ways of God. And that's why it's important for us to walk in the ways of God. There's a verse there in Amos 3, verse 3. It says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? So we need to come in agreement with God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some of them, when you look at, at some of what God says, uh, you might say, well, no, I don't think so. <laughs> That's not the way the world works. And it's not the way the world works, but that's the way God works. And so you can either do it and get that blessing or ignore it and go your own way. And uh, create your own blessing. There's a verse, and we might quote it later on here in these notes. In, in the old, yeah, there it is, here on the next page. I will get to that. Right at the top it says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. So he does nothing unless it's revealed. So what God's going to do is in Scripture. The prophets had it written down for us, so it's there. We just need to find it. Let's drop down to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. 
trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. See, that's the, that is the, the little hiccup that we have. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. That sums it up, really. That just sums it up. Here's a verse I was thinking of, Proverbs 14, verse 12. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. It seems right. <laughs> it seems right. Everybody does it. Well, you're not going where everybody's going. <laughs> you need to go where God wants you to go. So there's a way that seems right. It seems right. But it's a way of death. It'll destroy you. Sometimes, you know, I feel so privileged by the work that we do and have done. But there were times that I felt, I wonder if this is curse or something because you see people do this stuff and destroy themselves. They bring it upon themselves and then they say, where's God in all of this? You know, how do you answer them? Well, you can tell them, I think you need to start reading the Bible. That's what you need to do because you're way off track. Uh, you're out of sync with God. You're not walking in his ways. <clears throat> so you're not getting the blessing that's poured out on the ways of God. That's the problem. There's a way that seems right. But its end is the way of death. So various dictionaries define principle as a fundamental, primary, or general law or truth from which others are derived a fundamental doctrine or tenet, a distinctive ruling opinion, a law of or fact of nature that explains how something works and why something happens. Well, I took that right out of the dictionary, as you can see. So maybe you need to read that a few times. I did. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to help you to understand this thing. So we begin to understand that a principle is a predetermined first step without which all subsequent steps toward a desired outcome will be mostly meaningless. It's like putting on the roof of the house before you build the walls. Uh, you know, you, you, you got to, there's a sequence and the principle is where you start. That's the foundation. That's the first step you take toward the goal. Uh, and if you miss that step, you might miss the rest of them too. I, I, I'm going to leave. Where are we for time? Uh, Adam uh, was, God made him, his purpose was to be God's steward. That was his purpose over God's handiwork. He was the manager. And he had certain things that God told him to do and certain things he told him not to do. And so he went ahead and did what he was told not to do. And all the rest is history. <laughs> and that little act of disobedience still impacts us today, which quickly tells you that Sin is never private or personal. It impacts everybody, especially those close to you. But what happened that day, when he disobeyed God and obeyed the devil, uh, he triggered a spiritual law that we find in Romans 6, verse 16, is also in Peter. I think we have it here. Yeah, Romans 6, verse 16. So do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? So Adam, that day, 
triggered that law. On that moment, the devil became his God and not God. Not only that, he abdicated his, his, his position and gave it to the devil. And now the devil is running this place, and I, I don't need to tell you. You can look around you and see <coughs> how things are going. Thank God a day will come when that lease that he has on the earth will, be, will come to an end. It will run out. <coughs> that day is close. Uh, but that is the thing. And, and so when we disobey God, that's what happens. That's what happens. Then we trigger that law. And someone else becomes the one who rules over us. That's the problem. That's the problem. Uh, Peter talks about Second Peter 2 verse 19. When they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. Very clear. Walking and obeying the principles of God will keep us under the leadership of God, the ownership of God. Because Romans chapter 6 tells us we're slaves. Anyway, you just need to choose whose slave you want to be. You're either God's slave to become a slave of righteousness, or you become a slave of sin. And both of them have consequences. So in a way, we create the consequences that we struggle with. Not always, but many, many times. We create the consequences. And then wonder why things get tough and why life is hard and all of that. Because we created those consequences by disobeying the statutes and the principles and the commandments and the judgments of God created for ourselves a set of principles that punish us instead of blessing us. So in the principle, or the statute, or what, we, we just use the word principle to lump them all together. In the principle are two things, blessing and punishment. And you will release either one. So when God, you know, and, and I find it amazing that people say God is judging America, for instance, because that's what they say all the time. Like God's not judging America. God, this is the era of grace. God is not in judgment at, not, at, at this moment. What's happening is they're breaking big principles, and the principle is releasing punishment on them. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. When you look at the person who lived who lives a messed up life, you'll find very quickly that they are violating principles all across the board. And they're being punished, not by God. God wants to bring them close so that he can bless them. That's the purpose of God with his life. But he brings himself under another lordship. Paul calls the devil the God of this world with a small g. And he brings himself under that, that lordship. And Jesus spoke about this in John chapter 10 and verse 10. It's right there at the bottom of the page. The thief, that's the devil, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have more abundantly. See, that's the purpose of God. That's why Jesus came. It's to give us life more abundantly. But the devil is killing, is stealing, is destroying good things and good people because they make him their God. They make him their steward, their manager. And he leads them down that path. And they struggle. They struggle. And they say, where is God in all of this? God is in his word. Jesus is the word made flesh. He's in the word. 
He upholds us by the power of his word. And if you are not being upheld, the devil will step on you. He'll step on you and destroy you. So I think I'm going to stop there. You, of course, can read the rest at home. Uh, I actually just wanted to focus for this morning and this group on uh, on the purpose that I believe God has for us as a group. I, I want to give us all a prayer assignment. I want you to pray about that. We're going to ask God, what do you want to do with us? <laughs> What's your plan? I want you to pray about it, but I want you to let me know. But don't discuss it with each other. I want, you, I want the Holy Spirit to speak. Okay? You tell me. Don't tell everybody else. And I'll tell you, of course. But let's see what comes up. Let's see what comes up. I believe God's speaking to his spirit. Let's see. Let's spend some time thinking about it and praying about it and let God begin to reveal to us uh, what he wants to do. I think there's something that God wants to do. And uh, we want to run with him and, uh, and fulfill his plan. We don't want to just tread water. We want to get somewhere. We can, we, can, we can spin our tires and there'll be a lot of smoke and screeching, but we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we want to go some places with God, right? And so uh, let's do that. Okay, let's stop there for today. Yes, Ruth, and to pray for us. Dear Father God, we just come to you this morning and... We recognize all that you are, the creator of all things, the great I am, the sustainer of life. And we just thank you so much for all that you do for us. We thank you for your word, that we may get to know who you are, and that the Holy Spirit would help renew our minds so that our thoughts could be more like your thoughts, and that we would strive to follow in the paths that you would have us to go. Help us to search ourselves, to know what our purpose is, and that we would use the potential that you've already put into us to achieve those goals. Thank you for this group, Father God. We just really appreciate all the strength and support that you that is given to each other through this group. We thank you for Johan and Gerda and the word that they're willing to share. Just ask that you would continue to be with us and keep us safe until we're back together again. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.